Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is Tuesday, June 17, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book and we are on page 79, paragraph 1. Today's readers are Julie R., 12 Steps, Janice M., 12 Traditions, reading the text, Sylvia F., Marie P., and Marcella M. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, June 16, 2014, is 6507. 6507. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Julie R. to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Julie R., recovered compulsive overeater in California. The 12 steps, one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. I will now ask Janice M. to read the Twelve Traditions. Well, thank you, Melanie. Yes, Janice M. from Massachusetts. This is the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 79, paragraph 1, and I will ask Sylvia F. to begin reading. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, visionaries. This is Sylvia, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in upstate New York. Although these reparations take innumerable forms, there are some general principles which we find guiding, reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience, we ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences may be. We may lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be. We must not shrink at anything. Excellent paragraph. I have a lot of this um, highlighted from 
the first time I went over this with my sponsor. And uh, it says that there's general principles, but really there's one principle that uh, that we have decided to go to any length to find a spiritual experience. And then we ask to be given the strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences may be. So what is the general principle here? We are willing. Um, we are willing. Why? Because we need a spiritual experience. We need we need to change. We need to be reborn. We might not understand that. I didn't understand that. All I understood at the beginning is I was miserable um, I couldn't stop eating. I didn't even care about my weight. I just cared that I was I was crazy. I didn't know what the heck was the matter with me. And so I was just going to follow directions from someone who understood it but wasn't that way anymore. And so when when I read that paragraph, we may lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be and I took that really seriously at the time. I, I still do, but I I remember thinking, what am I willing to do to get to get to put the food down and move on and have a life that I want? What am I willing to do? And I really went through a list. I remember taking everything near and dear to me and literally asking myself if I had to sacrifice this, would I be willing to to get recovery? And I went through this list, including my marriage. If my marriage is toxic, am I willing to even walk away from this? And it was it was an exercise for me to say I was willing. I was willing to do whatever it ha- whatever I had to do. Um, I didn't have to do any of that, but the point was is that I spent a lot of time getting willing. But the other part of that is that I you know I still I was a crazy person. I'm still I still have an addict's mind and I'm in recovery every day. And so the important part is this is that um we're going to have a spiritual experience and we'd be given strength and direction to do the right thing. And we don't know what the right thing is. I didn't know what the right thing is. I absolutely had to have a recovered sponsor to direct me because I might think I know what I have to uh, do. I might think I know what amends I have to make. I might think. But the problem is is I was still crazy, and I was still coming from a place of being selfish and self-centered, dishonest with myself, and totally in fear. I Even when I read this, and it says... Um, that we may lose our position or reputation or face jail. I remember how important my reputation was. I didn't think of it that way, but it was so important what you and others thought of me. That was my barometer for how I was doing. So to let people see some of my shame, that was just huge for me. And in the end, I decided I was going to um, find this humility because I had to have a different life. Um, Yeah, so incredibly strong directive paragraph, key to my recovery. Um, And with that, I pass. Thank you. Who would like to comment on what was read? This is Bella. Can I share? Good morning, Bella. And Larry. 
Good morning. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. We are willing. Such an empowering sentence. Yes, before the program, I didn't know the word I am willing. I just knew I want. I want. I want that people should change. I want people should act different. Thank God, not anymore. Now that I am in the program, I am willing. I am not responsible for the outcomes. I am responsible of my own way. I am responsible to be willing. What does it mean to be willing? Um, I have the power to choose to do the right choice one day at a time. I am not responsible to change other people's behavior. I am powerless, and this is step one. I am powerless. I am powerless of other people's thinking. I am powerless of other people's uh, actions. I am willing. Such a freedom world. I am willing. I am willing to change my behavior. I am willing to change my attitude. And the most important thing, I am willing to change my belief. And now my belief is different than before the program. Now my belief is to do God's message, to give over God's message and not mine. I am willing to be God's agent and not to be my own agent. I am willing to give over the message that God wants me to give over and not mine. And I am coming to do God's will for me and not mine. So I am coming not with my own power. I am not coming to apologize and or to do the amends with my own with my own power. I am coming together with God. And this is the willing. I am willing to to come together with God and to to let God into my life 24/7. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Larry, you're next. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Larry, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, this this is um, this is great stuff. Um, it, it reminds me that you know my recovery um, is a decision. It's not a negotiation. And you know, recovery. You don't negotiate with this disease. At least I don't. <laughs> you, you either recover from it or you don't. It's really, it's really quite simple, and it's important for me to remember when I look at my willingness, um, particularly in this step. You know, I mean, each morning I get up, I, I have a decision to make. You know, I have an alcoholic mind. The first and, and most fundamental fact about my life is that I am a true compulsive overeater, gutter gutter drunk, you know, and, um, and my sobriety, my abstinence, um, takes the priority. Now with that, of course, you know, God is embedded as the foundation of it all for me today. So I don't get into, you know, word difference. What do you, what do you say? No, but bottom line is my sobriety. What am I willing to do today? If I'm not willing, um, to do what I need to do today, I'm going to lose it. So I choose to be sober today. And I find out as the day goes on what price and choice my choices will be today. I don't negotiate a price in advance. 
same thing with this with this step. So um, if I try to negotiate my abstinence, if I set a limit on the price I will pay, I've learned through harsh the harsh reality of this disease that I will lose my abstinence. If I say I will go, you know, to um, you know my meetings only when it's convenient, if I will only um, you know, make certain amends, if I will only, you know, fill in the blank. If it doesn't offend me, if it's easy, you know, I'll keep, I'll hang on to my character defects. I'm going to eat again. Bottom line for me, you may be different. I'm, I'm, I'm the real deal. I'm the real compulsive reader. So remember on page 58, you know, it, we were reminded if you have decided you want what we have and you are willing to go to any length to get it, you know, you, you might be ready to take certain steps. And I wasn't ready until I was ready. And I, I prayed for the willingness. So, um, you know, we, we, I know for me, I avoid, you know, avoided recovery by studying recovery instead of recovering. You know, I, I know today I can't recover from this disease by studying it. We recover from this disease by treating it. You know, you can read a book about cancer and, and remedies and, and treatments. That won't get you well. Same thing here. So how, how willing? I better be 100% willing. 99% willing will get me dead. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Who else would like to comment? Hi, good morning. Janice, this is Hi, Hi. Kathy. Hi. I hear Janice, and then I hear Kathy. Did I hear anyone else? Paula. Sarah. Paula and then Sarah. We'll go with that. Janice first. Good morning, Janice. Well, thank you, Melanie. My name is Janice again from uh, Massachusetts. You know, uh, although these reparation, um, reparations, you know, when I first came in, I said, oh, geez, I don't even know what that word is. I mean, I'm telling you how stupid I am. But, you know, it's all these amends that we're making, you know, uh, why we we have to remember? I have to remember anyway that this book instructs me again and again and again to ask who for guidance, to ask God of my understanding for guidance, because the reliance upon Him is essential. Because it says, you know, we're going to outgrow the fear that uh, we separated us from our true selves, from God, and from others. Now, um, it says we're talking about going to any lengths. What, what's the purpose? We, we say we're going to any lengths to get what you have. What is it that you have? What are they talking about? They're talking about the spiritual awakening or the spiritual experience. That's what, that's what we have that I recovered. That's, what we, that's why we go to any lengths, and that's why we need to ask. And that's, there's a little prayer in here. You know, to be given strength and direction. Only God can give me that because I don't have that strength. But I haven't, you know, we're, gonna, we're in the ninth step now. So we're walking with him. He's going to be by my side to outgrow my fear that we all have when we go through this particular step. So that's very important. And uh, no, matter what the, no matter what the consequences are, you know, because we have to if we want what you have. If we want the spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, this is what we have to do. And in this step, we practice love and forgiveness, not for them, the others, to forgive me, but for me to forgive it, anybody, anybody, 
in all. And uh, that's what this step means. This is what this paragraph means to me. And thank you. Pass. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. Kathy? Kathy Thank Kay. you, Melanie, for your service. Um, this is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater, and I wanted to focus on that sentence about um, no matter what the personal consequences may be, uh, we go forward with this step and making amends. Um, as I look back on the amends I made uh, when I was working through uh, the big book uh process of recovery the first time, um, there were two that I had so much fear about. One was uh, to my um, ex-husband, who um, was a very kind man and who I left in the throes of my disease um, before I got into recovery and basically um, blamed him for all our problems. Um, and I worked long and hard to prepare for this amend and um, with my sponsor and in prayer. And um, when I finally uh, talked to him, and I hadn't talked to him in probably 15 years, um, uh, he really, um, his reaction was not what I wanted. He basically listened to me, and then he said, I really don't want to talk about any of this. Um, and um, I remember going back to my sponsor very distressed because I had hoped it would be a healing um, experience for me. And ultimately it was. But what I had to learn, and that was a big lesson I learned there, was the idea that I was cleaning off my side of the street. Um, and it didn't matter at all how the other person responded. And, in fact, I heard from my first husband um, about two years later when my father passed away and we had a lovely conversation. So, you know, it really is a matter of putting it in God's hands. The other one was with somebody at work, and I really was fearful of losing my, quote, reputation at work. Um, and again, uh, I didn't necessarily get the response I was hoping for, but I felt so much better and less shame and less regret, and that relationship continued over time to improve and to heal. So it's just um, bringing back to me that all we can do is prepare in partnership with God and do the best we can with God's help and leave the results to him. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Paula, you're next. This is Paula, Recovered Compulsible Reader in uh, London, in New Hampshire. Now I'd like to zero in on, because I need a lot of this reminding, reminding ourselves that we have decided, and here's the decision, to go, and there's the action, to any length. And it's very specific here, any. You know, Mr. Lincoln 
said, good is the enemy of the best. See, I always was willing to go good to a certain length, but not the best, not the best, not to any length. And here we see, to find what? To finally find a spiritual experience. There is, and, and this writes right along with 76, reminding it was agreed at the beginning, again, that we would go to any lens for victory over alcohol. Look at how they come together here. And hear the prayer. Hear the prayer. We ask that we be given strength and direction. Both are needed to do, now here it is, the right thing. To make right the wrongs. No matter what the personal consequences may be. There's no exceptions here. None. And then it goes on, and I'll end with what it says. We'll scoot right on down to that last sentence there. We must not shrink at anything. Shrink is to draw away. No. If we're to enlarge our spiritual growth and to find it and to develop it, we cannot shrink at it. And here we have God's help. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Sarah. Hi, good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Sarah W., and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, wow, it's, it's a really great paragraph. And, you know, I had a sponsor that asked me um, in 1996 if I was willing to go to any length when I asked her to sponsor me. And I thought about it, I thought, wow, what does that mean? Do I have to give up everything? Do I have to be willing to? And you know what? The answer is pretty much yes. I mean, how much was I willing to do for my addiction? And in the beginning of my big book, right where it says just the words Alcoholics Anonymous, that's what I was asked to write. You know, I am willing to go to any length. And I think, you know, it's like recovery has to be the most important thing if I really want to change and do it different. And, um, you know, to find a spiritual experience is what I, what I get from working the steps. And it says right here, you know, we ask, which everybody has alluded to, you know, the, the truth is it's about prayer and asking our higher power to help us do the right thing no matter what the personal consequences may be. Um, you know, I never wanted to pay the consequences for my behaviors. It wasn't just about what I did when I was eating. It was what I was doing because of my my thought process, because of my king baby attitude, because of my complete selfishness and self-centeredness. And those things can still come back, and that's why I have a 10-step. And as, as Paula alluded to, you know, the last sentence too, the must part of it, you know, why does it say that? That's so definite, you know, there's no way around that. You know, we have to be willing to do all this work to get to the place where we want to be. And, you know, how much do I want it? Want it? You know, I asked a sponsee that last night. It's like, how much do you want it? You know, there's so many people that are so desperate for the program. 
And we have to be willing to go to any length to get it. You know, we can't just expect God to zap us abstinent or zap us healthy. And for me, uh, the whole thing is about my illness. I mean, I'm, I'm ill. And how much do I want to get well? I mean, this is my medicine. So I'm so grateful for that knowledge today and the gifts that it's given me because with with the struggle of walking through the steps, you know, it's been so much less of a struggle than it had been when I was in the disease and living it. You know, I had no relationships. I had, you know, a constant drive for the the, the addictive substance and just the insanity in my head that went around where I couldn't connect with myself, with other people, or with my higher power. That's what it's given me. And I think that the bottom line really is love. You know, It's really all about love. Love of self, love of God, and love of others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read before we move on? This is Amy. Hi, Amy. Good morning. Melissa? New York. Oh, okay, we'll go with Amy, then Melissa. Thank you, Amy. Good Good morning. My name is Amy. I'm a compulsive reader recovered in Maryland. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. Thank you, everyone, so much who has shared. Um, boy, this is where the rubber meets the, mo- the road, isn't it? I don't know about you all, but I was shaking in my boots when these amends came up. I, too, had financial amends. I mean, you talk about innumerable, um, innumerable forms of amends. I had a number of those amends. Uh, many similar to those that were shared yesterday. I had some terrifying ones where I was afraid that I would be put in jail. But I, too, had to read this. We ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter the personal consequences might be. And thank God, I mean, I can't advise strongly enough to obviously be working with and closely with a sponsor to direct you and guide you through these steps. And thank God I had someone that was like that, that directed me and helped me and guided me. And when I came to these really difficult amends, particularly the ones where I feared, um, you know, being prosecuted, she said, Amy, let's look at your track history of where your higher power has gotten you thus far. And I had to realize, you know, that spoken in the program, together we can do what we could never do alone, that one, I was no longer alone, and that two, miracles had already abounded in my life through this program. I was becoming transformed. You know, God didn't carry me this this far to drop me on my head now to make amends. The scariest prospect of my life was imagining life without my binge foods at step one. And already miracles had occurred. I was not binging anymore. And then the second scariest thing, could I ever tell anyone my deepest, darkest secrets of step four and five? And yet I had passed those steps already. Truly, God was already doing for me what I could never do for myself. And yet through my will aligning with his, I was becoming transformed and empowered to do what I could never do alone. If God had carried me this far, surely couldn't God help me when I went to go make those amends? Wouldn't my sponsor guide me in making those amends? Yes, yes, and yes. So, yes, I had to be willing to do the footwork, just like everyone else has said. It says here, I mean, they're pretty strong. There's no suggestion here. We have to be. We must not. You know, we have to be willing to 
put the line in the sand that says I will do whatever is necessary. But I know that when I put that footwork forward, that God is there with me and empowers me and that I can trust the process. I can not only trust the process because others who have gone before have told me the miraculous things that happen when I make those amends, but I was starting to see those miracles in my own life, and I could trust that higher power with all my being. And that's what I did, and I stepped forward. And I was not disappointed, and neither were you. And with that, I'll, be, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Melissa, you're next. Hi, this is Melissa from New York. And, um, you know, I this morning my um, writing was about um, things that I'd stolen. And um, I was so fearful writing it because I know what's coming is that at some point I'm going to have to, you know, clean this up. And, um, and my, my ego, you know, I, um, I had collected candy that was supposed to be donated um, to the troops. And it was in my car, and this is going back years, but it never made it to where it was supposed to go. It was all consumed by me, and um, and I'm embarrassed, and, and I, I'm i fearful because I know that at some point I'm going to have to admit this um, and write it. And, um, you know, but I hear this group, this morning group, this is not a joke, and um and you guys are for real. You know, I'm getting real um, guidance. I've been in and out of OA for years, and I guess I've been really adept at finding the easier, softer way. But um, how free do I want to be? I, I want to be free. I, you know, when I think that I'm afraid um, to out myself, you know, to uh, – to make my amends, um, it's my it's my ego. I'm afraid of being embarrassed in front of in front of you know people and um, calling myself out. And yet, how much more embarrassed and humiliated um, can I be? Because on my own, you know, I gain 180 pounds in in a few years, and uh, you know, what's more humiliating than that? I, I Today I am willing to go to any length, and um, and I'm just so grateful that this is exactly what was being discussed this morning, right on the heels of me writing this down. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Hi, I'd like Thank to you, share. Thank you, Melissa. I'd like to share. Hi, yes. Who is this? My name is Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Go ahead. Hi, good morning, Visions for you. I'm Nancy, a compulsive overeater, and, uh, oh, God, I'm so grateful for uh, this meeting and for those who share every day. I just want to uh, share an experience I had. I had made um, all of my amends after after having done uh, many fourth and fifth steps with sponsors, and there was one lingering... uh, amends that I knew I had to make. Even though uh, several persons told me I, that they didn't felt I owed an amends, that was something in my spirit that just made me um, know that I need to make an amends to a former employer. And I prayed, and um, a former co-worker lived on the, I discovered a former co-worker 
lived on the same street that he lived on, and I asked for his address. And I wrote a letter, you know, uh, just telling him I'd like to speak with him, and I gave him my phone number. And, uh, I mean, so many years have passed. Um, he never responded. He ne- and I was really terrified about doing this amends. But um, I waited. I was willing, and I am willing. I've never heard from him. But a feeling of relief came over me after I mailed that letter because I had done, I had made the effort, you know, I had made the effort. And, I, you know, he's, when I thought about it, he's probably in his late 80s. He probably, he might not even remember who I am, but um, that's not important. Uh, the important thing is that I made the attempt to uh, clean up my side of the street. If I ever see him, if I ever have the opportunity, I am willing and I think that's all that that's all I can do. That is all I can do. So I thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. And moving on to the next paragraph, Marie P, would you read paragraph two please? Hi, everybody. Thank you for being there and helping with this Melanie. My name is Marie and I'm a compulsive overeater. Usually, however, however, other people are involved. Therefore, we are not to be the hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. A man we know had remarried. Because of resentment and drinking, he had not paid alimony to his first wife. She was furious. She went to court and got an order for his arrest. He had commenced our way of life, had secured a position, and was getting his head above water. It would have been impressive heroics if he had walked up to the judge and said, Here I am. Uh, the, The sharing that I've heard this morning is very, very, uh, very helpful and has made me think about things of my own that when I did my fourth step, I didn't even think of. Now I'm starting to think these things through again. um, Situations where uh, everybody except feels it's acceptable to do, like, you know, if you go to the doctor and he'll say, well, you know, if I code this a certain way, it will be less expensive for you. You know, well, that that's not honest, is it? And we have to make amends for that. And I never considered it. And and also, I have to consider if I, when I do make amends, I can't involve anybody else because we can't sacrifice others to save ourselves. So it's very thought-provoking, these paragraphs right here. Uh, and And we have to consider that in the future, if we're offered the same kinds of things, we have to say no. We can't do that. 
We have to be thoroughly honest. We must not shrink at anything. That's a very hard but necessary lesson to learn. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marie. Who would like to comment on what was read? This is Katie F. Hi, good morning, Katie. Good morning, this is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And the, the key to me to these two paragraphs we've looked at this morning is the honesty, is I can't, I can't decide, I don't want to talk about this, I don't want to make these demands, I don't want to do whatever. The first part is that I have to, to share it with my sponsor, my step guide, and then we decide together. The danger comes when I am not willing to talk about it because I've projected what they're going to tell me I need to do. And that's basically playing God. And so for me, the freedom comes when I'm willing um, to be honest about everything. Um, and, you know, it gets, it's, it feels embarrassing at first to share these things. But, you know, gratefully, I'm on this path with other people who are doing the same thing. You know, that we're talking about a coworker that gets on our nerves or that we feel weird about, you know, and we keep talking to them about it until, you know, we find a solution or we do something rude and awful and we need to make amends and we talk about it until we're willing to make that amends. Um, the danger for me comes when I'm living in that sick, shadowy world of deceiving myself and others uh, by not telling the truth. So, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what the exact thing is I did, um, whether it's a big thing or a small thing. It's my willingness to humble myself and share those things with others. And, you know, the, the great thing is, is I can practice my own anonymity. I don't have to share this with everybody I talk to. I don't have to share this, you know, my deepest, darkest secret on this line. I don't have to uh, tell my mother. I just have to be willing to be honest with another recovered person and to invite God into that process. And then together, we make the decision, as this paragraph is talking about, you know, when there's others involved who could be hurt um, by our actions, then we have to be very um, sure that what we're doing is the right thing, is what God is directing us to do. We can't just, you know, take the, you know, take the plow and just go plowing through the lives of others and saying, well, I just have to be honest. I have to be honest. I have to tell you, you know, everything I've ever done, everything I've thought about you. No, we don't do that. We, um, we do this with guidance and direction and with God's help. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Who else would like to comment on what was read? Miriam. Hi, Miriam. Go ahead. Hi, this is Miriam calling from Israel, a compulsive overeater, living in the solution one day at a time to the best of my ability. Well, this is another thing, you know, that brings us, you know, to this program of action. Uh, you know, we've worked already the steps until, you know, four till eight, and now we're step nine. And uh, I didn't do anything that my my sponsor didn't tell me to do, especially in this uh, 
in this stage, you know, I was asked to, to write the names and, uh, of, of people that I, that I needed to make amends that I feel that I harmed in, in any way. And, and then she asked me to write, to put it on writing and to separate people that I'm going to go face to face or it's going to be through a letter or, you know, a letter to the deceased, of course, the one that I'm not here anymore. Or living amends, you know, many times there are cases that, uh, you know, I have experiences of cases that people in the family, they have no idea whatsoever that I've been keeping certain resentments or jealousy or whatever towards them. And it won't help to go and, and just say, you know, things that they don't, they don't even know. So in that case, it's usually uh, living amends. And, you know, the same way with the closest member of the family, that, uh, you know, many times I keep uh, making the same mistake, you know, over and over again. So, you know, I, I use step 10 to it and I apologize and I say, well, you know, I I made a mistake again and I have to keep turning it over to God because, uh, you know, God is going to remove things not in my time, you know, he removes in his time and, and when I keep repeating the same mistake over and over, I have to go and inventory myself and again turn it over, turn it over, and turn it over, and not be tired of that. Uh, yeah, my ego wants to play a game here and always tell me, oh, again, you know, you've done all the steps and you're this and you're that. But you know, I'm human and always going to be human. So the only thing I can do is to keep turning to God. That's the only solution that there is that this book is teaching all of us. And for that, I'm so grateful and depressed. Thank you. Thank you, Miriam. Who else would like to comment on what was read? Anna. Hi. Good morning, Anna. You're next. Hi. I have a sinus infection, so please ignore my voice. Um, yeah, I'm a... Um, Gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I'm, I so this disease for me is the obsession of in the mind and the craving of the body. And in this obsession, um, you know, this paragraph talks about um, our willingness to really walk this line and do whatever it is that we need to do to be relieved of the obsession. Um, and for me, I the obsession does not just manifest in food or acting out in substance. It manifests in whatever thing that I've harbored in my life, whatever I've, whatever resentments, whatever harms I've done to other people. Because I can obsess around and around in a circle and those become my disease as well. And they are part of my disease. And um, I, they become the thing that I obsess about until I work through the steps. And I had a sponsor who really helped, helped me. Just Sorry. a moment, please. Can I get somebody to please press star one to mute their phone? Thank you. Go ahead, Anna. Okay. Um, I had a sponsor who really helped me lay it out in four and then lay it out in eight so that I could then work through nine um, in a beautiful way because the the obsession is that the obsession of the mind is, is really this disease and it's this bomb that, you know, for me, I will continue to feed into, feed into, feed into and until it explodes all over my life and all over others, like a tornado, like it says in this book, you know, it whips through people's lives like a tornado. 
Um, and really these steps in step nine helps me to diffuse that bomb if I'm willing to walk through it and willing to do whatever's necessary. And I don't get to just charge through it like a bull in a china shop and go apologize to everyone because we know now that amends is not, it does not always equal apology. Sometimes it does, but sometimes and more often it equals action and change in our own lives. And um, so, yeah, I'm just grateful that for this way of life today, this has alleviated the obsession. And it alleviates it one action, one step at a time. And really it centers around willingness and following good orderly direction. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Who else would like to comment on what was read? Well, I would like to comment. This is Melanie, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Usually, however, there are other people involved. And the um, author is writing about now another example of willingness to go to any length that they described in the previous paragraph that I would sacrifice the idea that I would um, be willing to be arrested and spend some time in jail because of what I had done in the past. And the rule of conduct, though, here that they're mentioning, that general principle here is not to be hasty and foolish in terms of a martyr and to be careful of my black and white thinking in this situation that I need to have guidance in this specific situation. It could be very, very costly on all sides. And uh, there's an explanation on why not to go to jail and there's certainly an explanation for why to. But I think in general it's saying to me that I do have the spiritual experience that I'm looking for, and who gives a rip about a spiritual experience when this kind of a thing is before me? I'm still probably could be very angry at this wife and, and self-righteous about this situation, and on the other hand, all of my power rests in her decision and what she was going to do in press this issue because it could have dire consequences about it. Well, what's this? the spiritual experience, well, who gives a hank about that, and it's the spirit, what am I trying to get a spiritual experience for? And it's for my spiritual malady, and I don't even know what that is, truly, except to tell you that any time that I'm not drunk, I cannot stand for one second how I feel in my own skin when there's nothing on it, when there's no food on it, when there's no booze, no drugs, no shopping, no, no um, extramarital sex affairs, whatever it is that I'm doing to put on this, it gives me that high. When it's all gone, I can't stand the way I feel because it's not about the food or those things. This is about the way I feel and how the, the true awakening has shown me that the alignment with the power greater than myself takes that away. And that the result of all of that has proven out, and I, I believe that we've gotten that idea from people that have shared today, that the consequences are up to that higher power and that I have been able to live through it, live through it without being restless, irritable, and discontent, and with relief, no matter what I was asked to do. And I'm one of those that you that mentioned today, too, that I had to ask for the willingness to be willing because I had a few on my side that I had um, without truly understanding, held on to, and really, in essence, because of my behavior and contact, conduct, refused to do anything about. Willingness to go to any length to be able to live in my skin. That's what we're dealing with here, so I can live in this life, one day at a time, in joy and freedom from the bondage of myself. It's just an amazing, amazing situation. And to repeat this one more time, that 
on the other side, I have found that I have lived through it, lived through it, and have been recreated. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Would anybody like to comment on what was read before we move on? Well, Marcella M., would you read the third paragraph then for us, please? Marcella, are you still with us? If not, uh, Sylvia F., would you please read the third paragraph for us? I just want to do a mic check here. Am I being heard by the group here? Yes. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm looking for then uh, Marie P. Would you be willing to read the um, third paragraph on page 79? Yes, I will. Thank you, Marie. We thought he ought to be willing to do that if necessary, but if he were in jail, he could provide nothing for either family. We suggested he write his first wife, admitting his faults and asking forgiveness. He did, and also sent a small amount of money. He told her what he would do in the future, what he would try to do in the future. He said he was perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. Of course, she did not, and the whole situation has long since been adjusted. I think that shows just how being very uh, flexible and very, um, you know, willing to do it if it's necessary, but trying to find an alternative so that nobody will be harmed and everybody will be satisfied. And, And it says here, the whole situation has long been adjusted because everybody was reasonable and did what they felt they should do. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Marie. And there isn't any time for us to share on the next. I hadn't watched the time, and so we'll be able to share on this tomorrow, I am sure. Thank you so much to everybody that has um, read today and shared today. We will now close the reading. I mean, we'll close this meeting with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I was just wondering if uh, Marcella is on the line yet? If not, may I have Janice M. perhaps please read page 164 in the big book for us this morning? Yes, I'm here for you, Melanie. Our Thank book, you. You're welcome. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. 
We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.